Amen. Amen. The book of Acts, chapter 1, starting at verse 1, you will find these words. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Um, Saints of God, I just want to talk to you from the thought, uh, the life and the love behind the book of Acts. The life and the love behind the book of Acts. Lord, prepare me to be a saint.
Dear Heavenly Father, bless your name, Master, for another opportunity to appear into your word, O God. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask that you pour out your spirit and let it fall fresh on me today. Lord, anoint my lips, Master. Anoint my mind, O God. Lord, give me clarity, Master. Lord, speak through me, Master, and reach the hearts of your people. For if you do not speak, they will not hear. So, Master, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do, O oh God, because we're eagerly anticipating, Master, Lord, that you reach us in places that we cannot go on our own. And, Lord, while you're there, Master, clean us up, turn us around, and place our spiritual feet on solid ground. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. The life and the love behind the book of Acts. Amen. Uh, as we begin to unpack this text that has been uh, read in your hearing, amen, the first thing that we notice in this text is that uh, the writer says the former account. Uh, let us put some background on this text. First of all, the book of Acts is written by the physician Luke. He was a companion to Paul the apostle on Paul's missionary journeys. It was not the first one, but on when he moved into going into Paul and Silas and moving on along there, then Luke joined them as well. He was Paul's personal physician. Uh, uh, Paul, uh, he was plagued with many issues, amen. Even Paul himself said that he asked the Lord three times to uh, remove the thorn from his flesh. He, he, he was plagued by some things, amen, that made it difficult for him to minister. But God said, uh, uh, but my grace is sufficient. And this man, Luke, is one of God's gracious giving or gifts to Paul so that Paul could continue and Luke would be alongside him, faithful to care upon his needs, amen, to deal with his physical infirmities. But this life and this love that I want to talk about today is not the love that Luke had for Paul, but the love that Luke had for a man named Theophilus. The text says that the former account, what former account is Luke talking about? Well, he's talking about the former account that he wrote to the same man, and that former account has his name as the title and that is the Gospel of Luke. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, it starts out like this. It says, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered to them to us. It seemed good to me also, 
having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. Amen. So we see that the life of the man Luke, he loved another man whose name is Theophilus. He loved him so that he took out his time and his energy to put together an orderly account. 24 chapters of the gospel according to Luke and 28 chapters of the book of Acts was written lovingly by Luke for his friend Theophilus. He says to his friend Theophilus, he says, most excellent Theophilus. So we, we don't know much about Theophilus, but from our text and the context, we uh, glean that Theophilus may have been of a, a royal position, amen. He might have been in an officer position at least, but he was most importantly a friend of Luke. And Luke, being a Gentile, amen, talking with his or writing to his Gentile friend, Theophilus, wanted to make clear and make sure that Theophilus was able to get a clear understanding of who Jesus is. The book of Luke, all 24 chapters were written so that Theophilus, this was the only gospel that was written specifically for one person. Luke had one man on his mind. And you know what that tells me? That tells me in the life of each and every one of us. If we take our energies and our time and just reach one person, that is going to be a big thing in the eyes of God. The Bible says that the angels rejoice when one comes unto salvation. Paul, I mean, Luke was so concerned about his friend that he took out a huge amount of time to write these books. This was not any small order. He had to talk with folks and talk with eyewitnesses and take what notes he got from one and another and try to put it in an order and fill in places where maybe Matthew didn't fill in or maybe he looked at works that John was doing and saying, okay, well, John wrote from this perspective, but what will it need to be written that my friend Theophilus will understand? I see in the text, I see in the life of Luke and the love he has for Theophilus that he was willing to take what he knew and make sure what he knew was palatable for his friend. You know, sometimes when we have been in church a long time, we can tend to always speak in a language that long-term church folks know how to speak. But we must realize that when we have friends, amen, that are outside of our circles, amen, that they don't understand all of the language that we have. And that we must be willing to uh, put some sweat equity into taking our message and then making it clear 
in the vernacular that they might understand. And that's what Luke did for Theophilus. This love that, that Luke had for Theophilus showed in the painstakingly work he did with the book of Luke. When you look at the book of Luke, you find that the detail of the virgin birth and the detail of Jesus' early life is vivid. Amen. You find stories in the gospel according to Luke that you find nowhere else. You, you don't find the, 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 the story on the road to Emmaus of the two, two uh, disciples who were saddened because Jesus had died on the cross, but they didn't know that he had rose from the grave. You, you don't see that story as they walked that a man that they did not recognize came up alongside them and asked them about their conversation. That, that one who came alongside them who had masked himself was actually Jesus Christ. And that he was going to go along with them and help them to understand that something had changed. To renew their hearts and their spirits and let them know that Jesus still lived. It is only in the gospel of Luke do you find that story. There are such vivid accounts. There's, there's so much detail because he wanted to make it clear to his friend, Theophilus. My question today, amen, as we start to look at the book of Acts as well, is how far will we go for one of our friends who does not know the Lord? How, how far will we go to make the gospel crystal clear to them? How, how much will we put into it? How much will, of our lives will we invest so that they might know of the reality of serving a true and living God. This life and this love causes us to do an introspective on do we really love our friends, amen, who are without, without the peace, without the joy, without the comfort, without the destiny of what Jesus has done for us. This is a story where Luke makes sure that he makes it Gentile palatable. What you don't also know about the book of Luke is that Luke wrote this book not going back to the original Hebrew language of the Old Testament to make reference to the Old Testament, but no. He used a, what's called the, the LXX, or what's another translation that's called the Septuagint, which is the Greek version of the Old Testament. It's the Greek version of the Old Testament because that Greek version now puts it in a language in which the Greek-speaking Gentiles can understand. Amen. Those Gentiles didn't understand the Hebrew language. So they needed it in a language, amen, that was more palatable to them. Amen. So you, you start to see that Luke really invested his life in his friend. All the while, he's, he's doing for Paul as well. So, so when we talk about having, well, we've got work to do, we've got a career, we've got a job to do, so did Luke. Luke was with Paul on missionary journeys, amen. He was there with him when he was locked up in the prison. While he wrote the prison epistles, Luke was there attending to his needs. 
And all the while, he was also concerned about his friend Theophilus. With all he had on his hand, he still took the time to try to figure out what he could write for his friend. So it causes us to have to look at our lives in our busy lives and so much that is going on. Amen. When we know that we have opportunity to reach out to others that we call our friends who don't know what are we willing to do? What are we willing to sacrifice to make sure they get a clear view of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Amen. So we find that Luke wrote two volumes. Amen. The Luke and then he wrote Acts. In the book of Acts, in the text that I read in your hearing, he says, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Right here, we see the, 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 the heart that Luke had for Theophilus. He, he says, the former account I made, Dear Theophilus, right here where we say, oh, Theophilus, it could be translated, dear Theophilus. He said, in that book, I did all I could to show you what Jesus began to do and to teach. So Luke was saying to Theophilus, but Jesus wasn't done yet. And today this book is speaking to us as well that Jesus is not done yet. He's not done yet because he still has more work to do through us. Amen. There's still more teaching and there's more work that he wants to do through you and me. We look at the text and we see that his friend's name is Theophilus. Theophilus, if you look at that name, you can break it down into two pieces. Theophilus. Theo is the root of theophany. Theophany is a, a manifestation of God. So in his name, Theophilus, what it means, so it's God, the lover of. So Theophilus means the lover of God. Some theologians say we, that they believe that this is really a nickname of this man, not his real name. And this is what Luke called him because of his character. Amen. He called him a lover of God. And he wanted to make sure that his friend had a complete account of Jesus Christ and all it meant to be a disciple of the master. He loved him. And then we, we have to grapple with the whole idea of Theophilus, a lover of God. We have to ask the question, are we Theophilus? Do we love God or do we love the idea of God? Do, do we love God or do we love church or do we love the families of the church or do we love the idea of church and what benefits we get out of church or do we love God? Is what gets us up in the morning and what starts us on our way, is it, is it religion or is it relationship? The reality of it all is, is that everything that we do ought to come out of our sincere love for God. 
We ought to be addicted to Jesus Christ. I, I don't know about y'all, but, but, but I remember back, amen, when I first got saved. When I first was taken out of the darkness into the marvelous light. I remember how I had an exuberance. I had, I had this un, un, unfeigning desire to tell everybody I met about this Jesus that I know and ask him, do you know Jesus Christ? I remember running into the house and saying, Daddy, Daddy, I, I just got saved. I just met Jesus Christ. And I remember the shock of how my dad responded when he looked at me and said, get out of here with that Jesus talk. And I, I came in excited about the fact that I was saved and, and, and I was hurt now and shocked that my dad will respond in that way. I, I didn't know these things because it had never been an issue until I met Jesus. And, and so I, I, fit my, I ran into my first uh, 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 resistance or rejection but I wouldn't quit I, I was so excited I, 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 I cried at night because my daddy didn't have the same Jesus that I did and he didn't want to hear about him and I prayed at night daddy that my daddy would be saved. Lord, would you, would you touch his heart? I, I got up in the morning and, and, and when we were eating, I, I wanted to talk about this Jesus. I, he, he was, Jesus was so important to me that I, I just wanted to tell him about this Jesus. I wanted to tell him about what I, what I heard that he said and, and how he prayed in, in John 17 and, and how he died on the cross for our sin and he hung there from the third to the ninth hour. I wanted to tell him, but he didn't want to hear it but but my my desire and my energy for him was consuming me because I was addicted to Jesus amen I, I, I went to work and every chance I got on lunch and on break I was opening my Bible trying to learn more about this Jesus because I was addicted to Jesus I, I, I wanted to know more what else could I learn about him and it was my heart and then God, over time, amen, he, he began to work on my dad. I kept praying, and, and before my dad drew his last breath, he said, I asked the Lord to forgive me of my sins. Oh, I was so happy that day. I was so happy, I said, Jesus, we all going to be together one day. I, I wasn't really thinking church. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking organizations. I wasn't thinking hierarchies. I wasn't thinking officers. I wasn't thinking Sunday morning or Wednesday night. I was thinking Jesus because I was addicted to Jesus. At that time, I really didn't even have a church home yet. I got saved at the back of a warehouse, amen, around the cardboard baler, amen. A, a young man, amen, led me to Christ back there. I didn't have a church. I was baptized in somebody else's church and a church that I never joined. But without all those trappings, I was still in love with Jesus. I, I was still excited about just knowing him for myself. And I wanted my friends, I wanted my family to know Jesus. And I felt a lot of rejection. I heard a lot of rejection. Folk talked about me, folks scandalized my name, but I just wanted them to know Jesus. I, I, I went to work looking at folk and, and thinking, do they know Jesus? Do they know this Jesus that I know? 
Are they going to hell or are they going to heaven? And then I'm listening and, and trying to hear, do they know Jesus? We're doing our job and I'm just hoping I can hear whether or not they know Jesus or not. Or can I talk about Jesus with them and maybe they'll talk to me about him. And if they don't know him, they'll accept him because I want them to be addicted to the same Jesus that I'm addicted to. But I want to tell you as the years went on, amen, as, as one came two to ten to 20 years, amen, life continues to work. And, and, and I say today that I love the Lord, but the fire and the exuberance that I had when I first started is not the same today. I know something has happened in me that I'm not exactly like I was then. I've allowed the things of the world, amen, to, to char at me the difficulties of, of, of dealing with Christians and, and dealing with folks who say they're Christ, Christians, but they do everything else but Christ-like things. And, and dealing with all of the headaches that come around with being a Christian in an unchristian world. And, and I'm reminded of that, amen, that I need to get back to that energy. I need to get back to when I'm not addicted to going to church. I'm not addicted to assembly, to families in the church, but I'm addicted to Jesus. Because that, out of that addiction comes every good work. It's when you love God so much that the passion you have for God is he's on your mind every waking moment. While you're doing your work, it's Jesus. While you're resting, it's Jesus. While you're looking around and thinking or eating, it's Jesus. Jesus is the center of your life. If Jesus is not the center of our lives, amen, we have gotten off track. Amen. And it's easy to get off track in a world that we live in that keeps bombarding us and keeps berating us and keeps pushing on us to where actually what we end up doing is we start to do what we do autonomically. We start to do it because it's what we've always done, right? We go to church regularly, we do what we do because it's part of our routine. We do even do ministry. We can mess around and do ministry for the sake of ministry, not for the sake of Jesus Christ. It's what we've always been doing, and it's the right thing to do. But that's not the level at which Jesus wants us to do what we do. We want to do what we do because we're so addicted to him. It's out of the love that we have for him is why we do what we do, not because it's routine. Amen. And so today, as we're looking at the life and the love of Luke toward this man, Theophilus, it is clear that Luke is addicted to Jesus. Amen. He wants his friend to know, no matter how much it's going to take, he wants him to know because he knows without a shadow of doubt that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to him. Amen. Amen. And so... He, he wants his friend to know that, that the first account was really just the beginning. Even after 24 chapters, it was the things that Jesus both began to do and to teach. He, he wanted to let Theophilus know that something was coming. <laughs> something else is coming that that was just the beginning. He's got more in store. He, he says in the text, he said, until the day in which he was taken up, 
after through the Holy Spirit had given commandment to the apostles whom he had chosen. He's saying to Theophilus, he's saying, I, I want you to know that, that Jesus, amen, he operated by the same Holy Spirit, amen. That's the Holy Spirit that's in me. It's the Holy Spirit I want to be in you. It's by his spirit, amen, that we have our being. He's teaching him of the realities of the triune God because he wants to make sure that Theophilus understands what this Christian walk is really all about. It's not a religion, but it is a relationship. It is a love story between a master and his creation whom which the father of that master wants them to come into a relationship of not just being creation, but being children of God. So that they have an intimate relationship with one another so that they can be addicted to God. Amen. Amen. You look at the text and he, he says, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during the 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ, when we talk about that he stayed for a 40 day layover, this is where we get the doctrine of that. It's from the book of Acts that after Jesus was raised from the grave, amen, he stayed on the earth for 40 days. He stayed for 40 days because he was concerned about his disciples, that they would know without a shadow of the doubt that he had risen and risen indeed. He wanted them to be able to, to take the faith that they had and see the reality of that faith. And then for the disciples like Thomas who was doubting, amen, he wanted to be there for him and to allow him to put his hand in his side and to feel the holes in his hands, amen, and to see and feel the holes in his feet so that they would be strengthened and that they would be strong and be able to continue. Jesus could have been raised from the dead and just went on back to glory. But he stayed around for 40 days, amen, to strengthen his disciples. I, I want you to know, amen, that discipleship doesn't end when somebody accepts Christ. Are y'all following me? When, when your friend, amen, or someone you know that you lead them to Jesus Christ, that's not the end of your work. Because there is what's called discipleship. They need to be taught. Amen. And it's going to take some sacrifice. But Jesus stayed around so that his disciples could be encouraged and strengthened. And the text says he also taught them before he went back to glory. And that is what we must do as well in this life, amen, of discipling and having the love of Christ that we don't just... Uh, allow them to be saved and then leave them on their own. No, we come alongside them and teach them what we know, amen, so that they can grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And it is, it is not just anything, but it is the things of God. If you look at the text, 
He says, being seen by them during the 40 days and speaking the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. I, I want you to know today, saints, is that our principal job, amen, as teachers to those whom God put in our lives to disciple is to teach him what it means to be citizens of the kingdom of God. What is it like to be in the kingdom? How does the kingdom operate? What are the laws that we, uh, we, we abide uh, uh, toward? Well, how do we operate in the kingdom? And we find it in the word of God. And in order for us to be able to teach somebody else, we have to know for ourselves. That's why it's so important to be a studier of the word of God. To be one who is like a sponge in the word of God because you are being prepared to a place where, where you can reach somebody else. You're not here to be in a vacuum, but you're here to be a difference in somebody else's life. For the parents and grandparents, it starts with our own children. Amen. They need to be taught the word of God. They need to know the realities. They need to know the things that we know. And as they go along in their lives and situations come up, that we apply the word of God and not the wisdom of this word, of this world, but, but the wisdom of the world. Oh, not the wisdom of this world, but the wisdom of the word to their situations. Amen. Amen. And if we miss those opportunities, they only come around one time. Amen. Amen. And you must take full advantage of it. But it first starts with an addiction to Jesus Christ. Amen. We have to have that fire in us because it's not easy. Amen. And you have to have something that will keep propelling you forward when the world wants to knock you back. And it's all in being addicted to Jesus. So in the year 2018, while the blood is still running warm in our veins, it's a chance for us that if we have, if our fire has gone down, amen, to, to begin to get with the Lord and to rekindle that fire, amen, not for religion, but for relationship, not for routine, but to be close to Jesus, to know Jesus and to have a desire to tell everybody about Jesus. It's kind of like, when our children, those of us who have children, when our children were born, amen, we had pictures and we want to show everybody the pictures of our kids. Oh, look, 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 look at my baby. Ain't she pretty? Look, look, you, I mean, people you hardly know sometimes. You're like, yeah, look at my, look. yeah, I got, I just had a new child. And you just met him for the church. Why? Because you're just excited in the love that you have for your child. Amen. That kind of energy and excitement about Jesus has to be there too, to where you're like, well, yeah, you know, it's because of Jesus. Every time you turn around and you get opportunity, you want to talk about Jesus, just like you did about your children. It's that kind of fire, that kind of energy, what the Lord is looking for in us. And that's the kind of fire and energy that'll make a difference in this world. If we really want to be change agents in this world, we got to have an addiction for Jesus. And if we have waned, amen, I believe that we can get back because God is able to do into us exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ever ask or think. 
Amen. And so today, I just wanted to remind us as we look at more selected passages, amen, that behind the scenes of this story, behind the scenes of the book of Luke and the book of Acts, is a love story of a man named Luke who loves a man named Theophilus. And he loves him enough that he wants him to get an orderly account of Jesus Christ in whom Luke is addicted to and loves with all his heart. It made such a difference that he wrote 24 chapters, amen, in the Gospel of Luke and 28 in Acts, while all the while being busy on the road with Paul the Apostle as well, amen, tending to his needs in some very dire situations. See, we do what we care about, amen? We can always find time for what it is we care most about. And if we can't find no time for Jesus, then that is the time that we need to make sure that we do an introspective on ourselves. Amen. To make sure that he becomes that addiction, that he becomes first again in our life. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, Lord, we thank you once again, Master for your word on today. Master, we thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord, of reminding us, Master, that it's really all about loving you. That everything that we do, every place that we go, everything that we do on a routine basis should find its roots in the addiction and unfailing love that we have in you. Not because we were so good or so perfect, but because you were so good and so perfect. Not because we decided to love you one day, but because you decided to first love us. So Master, in the name of Jesus, Lord, in this new year, Master, Lord, rekindle our love for you, O oh God. Lord, give us that, that, that excitement and that, that, that undying desire to tell folk about the good news of you, O oh God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, bless us to, to, to love one another and to love our, our friends outside the church and to, to love and to pray for those who don't know you in the pardoning of their sins. And Master, we want to be so careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. The doors of the church are open. <laughs>